Welcome to Mike Drops Up Close. We speak to entrepreneurs and thought leaders from all around the globe. Tune in and hit subscribe. Stay informed with inspiring stories from our amazing guests. We get up close and personal, covering subjects from business, marketing, and mindset. Hosted by Michael Calasparis, a successful digital marketer and property investor. Welcome to Mike Drops Up Close. We've got an amazing, amazing guest with me today, a guy that's actually gone through a lot in his life. He's very, very massively inspirational. I met him briefly and was actually recommended to come onto the show from a very close friend called Desi, who's actually been on one of my podcast interviews before. Desi Slava Dobrubla. Um, I probably said it wrong, but hey. Um, we've got the lovely Ace, Ace Asa Lavo. I don't know if I've said it right. Uh, is it is that right, Asa? Uh, so it's Asa, Asa, Asa Laveau. Asa, Asa, I see. That's probably my accent. Asa Laveau. Okay, so uh, I'll get there one day. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> it's okay. I'm really honest. You know what? I'm really bad with like um, people's surnames and stuff, and I've got the worst myself. Calispellas. You know, I mean, it's like you know, people get that wrong as well. But let's talk about you, Asa. So you are. Well, you're known as, you know, the entrequeer new coach, yeah? Um, and you uh, literally coach people to get to the te- first 10,000 in the month. And you have got some successful um, uh, releases out there and you've helped many, many people. And you've actually, you've been featured on a few, a few platforms like the Wall Street Journal, Psychology Today, Black Enterprise and so on, which is brilliant. It's amazing that you've been featured in those areas. And I just want to talk to you about your experience because my podcast, as you know, is about marketing, business and mindset. And why I wanted to talk to you is because, you know, without being too, uh, like we spoke before, we actually went live on this, but um, I was scared to say, you know, are you, do you target just people that are, 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 are gay for instance and you and you said it's cool let's talk about this this is not a problem you're so used to it and i felt awkward even saying how you want to be um introduced the uh, the ultra quino coach you know and I'm, it's it's it can be very awkward for people that don't want to offend um so what's your response to that you know because people there's a lot of stuff out there in the media isn't there and um you know a lot of people have their backs up and too scared or some people are very opinionated as you know um so what's your feeling what have you experienced and what's your feeling about all this exactly so first off i have really i really do appreciate the fact that so many people um today in 2019 and beyond feel that you know they should be more understanding of how people like to be referred to i so i appreciate that even though I really don't take offense. <laughs> if, if you've been in the military as long as I was for 17 <laughs> years, um, believe me, my skin is thick now. However, <laughs> I appreciate the thought behind it. And so being, uh, the whole reason why I deem myself an entrequeer-newer, so not just entrepreneur, but entrequeer-newer coach is not because I am you know, telling the world that I will only work with people who are you know, under the LGBTQ umbrella, which is lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying any of those things. What I'm doing is actually telling the world that if you desire to work with me, one thing that I am no longer willing to hide, willing to keep a secret, 
is the fact that I myself am queer mm -hmm. because I grew up in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma in the United States. And that is a part of the world that does not and has not looked um, proudly or positively in a wild, in a, on a wide scale to anyone that was different. Mm. So yeah. that's why I say that because, you know, people have decided to not work with me once they found out. And I don't want to lie to people. I don't want anyone to ever say, you know, online, he's this way. But once you get him on the phone or yeah. once he coaches in person, he's somebody totally different. So saying what I am up front and then allowing a freedom to come, mm -hmm. um, just to make sure that I'm attracting the right people uh, that desire for me to help them. Mm, yeah, yeah, no, that's great. And I, and I love your honesty there. Um, like for me, I've always found that um, it's very, very difficult for me to sort of like understand where you're coming from in terms of like being able to, you must have gone through a lot of experiences, right? And I've not gone through those. I've gone through other ones that maybe you haven't like disabled children and so on, but you, you have battled a lot. And I actually think that makes you a really great coach because of it. Because have you heard of the guy called David Goggins is really big at the moment with the, you can't hurt me book he's got out. He's ex-military. Um, uh, he, he, he's a really great guy. He's a black American guy, um, done really, really well. And he's got a really, really, he's an ex Navy SEAL. Um, and it's a really great story. And actually, you resonated with me on that, but you've got another added layer there with the fact that you are now are proud and openly queer and or gay, whatever, however you want to be, um, you know, labeled as such. But I don't even know what's the right word anymore, if I'm being honest to you. Uh, it's very difficult because, um, you know, sometimes you don't know what's, what's going to offend Some, to one person. <laughs> Being classed as gay might be uh, offensive. Being classed as queer might May be... May I tell you? Yes, go for it, please. Okay, sure. I, I love this, actually. Yeah. People are actually interested. Um, so it's really uh, the, the letters. And so sometimes I know that when people hear the letters, you may not understand what the letters stand for. So mm. we have L, G, B, T, Q. Yeah. We have additional letters that have been added, but right now I want to focus on LGBTQ. So mm -hmm. L is lesbian, so women yeah, okay, who yeah. prefer women. So then we have gay, men that are for men. Then we have B, which is bisexual for, so one gender being attracted to both genders. Yeah. So that's what I refer to myself as. So when right. I came out okay. to my little boy, my little boy's name was Adonis, I told him, your daddy is bisexual. So right. we have T which is trans. So you have someone that was born one way, one gender, and they feel as though they were really uh, meant to be another gender. And then mm -hmm. we have Q, which is queer. Now mm -hmm. the thing about the Q and the queer, it's a term that uh, the younger generation, so myself, I'm 35, so myself and younger, we embrace that word because we can use it mm -hmm. as an umbrella that's where I was going because this is the thing like that's an umbrella term when you're younger <laughs> I'm older than that and and mm -hmm. when I was growing up that's quite offensive but it's, it's strange how these things 
um, can change, isn't it? I mean, um, I, that, that, and it's good to be educated by yourself because these things do change. And, and sometimes actually um, just having one umbrella term it, 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 that's why I think it gets confusing for people that don't fully understand, you know, um, and, and they might pick one specific word that they think covers it, but like you explained, it obviously doesn't. And, and um, you know, it's good to, to actually get that enlightenment. Um, I wanted to talk about um, not just that, but you've gone through that as a black male in the army. Mate, that's uh, some big... I mean, you said it yourself, you touched on it right at the beginning, right at the beginning, you said, you know, I'm thick skinned, I've been in the army. Um, that's huge. That's huge. Like I said, there's a great guy at the moment. He's um, winning lots of awards. David Goggins is coming to a, an event in the UK that I'm going to. A friend of mine's organizing it. Um, he's got a great book that's uh, smashing it out there with, called um, You Can't Hurt Me. And, um, you know, the guy's a... Uh, a legend and, and and here you are another legend um with this added layer of of where of, of, of it's not an issue it, it's society that makes it an issue and people put labels on it you know and I, i'll be honest with you when i was younger i did because that's what i learned you know and this is the crazy this is the crazy thing about it yet when i grow you grow older you grow wiser you go you know it's you start meeting a such a nice broad group of people and it doesn't matter what religion what you care about in terms of what you who you love you know what sex well it doesn't really matter anymore it doesn't as long as people you know genuinely treat each of people each other the right way so how did you first come out because like you said you obviously got a child and that must have been really hard for you I, I, I bet you say something random like it wasn't hard but I can imagine <laughs> I can imagine I can imagine you being so some sort of superpower with you that's like but I can I, I, I genuinely think you know you, you you've obviously gone through the army you're a black man and you identify yourself as bisexual which is you know these are three huge things that uh, are very challenging in, in like you say, your hometown, let alone a lot of areas around the world. Um, yeah, every single one of those are challenging. Um, so how did you, how did you do that? How'd you get through it? What kept you going? So how I came out. So that was not a ripping off of a bandaid. So I know that some people, when they come out, they can totally rip off the Band-Aid and be done with it. <laughs> Mine came in stages. Right. The first person I had to come out to was myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. That, it. that may seem a little bit weird. But when you no, grow up in a denomination of Christianity called Pentecostal Holiness. So Pentecostal Holiness is the Black tradition, the historically Black tradition of Christianity. So this is where people are speaking in tongues. People are casting out demons, mm. um, like literally. People think that being gay, being queer is a demon that you just need to exercise as in the movie, The Exorcist. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't even think there was a possibility of this. I didn't even think it was a possibility until I was in my 20s. Yeah. Um, after I got a divorce uh, from my son's mother. Mm -hmm. But I came out first to me. And it took me a lot of years because I literally thought that, you know, I was gross. I thought that all of the value that I had kind of 
finally learned about myself, I felt that all of that value had now been wiped away and mm -hmm. that there was no intent of me moving forward because now I'm this dirty, vile, unworthy thing. Mm -hmm. And once I got past that enough to tell other people, I will say that my coming out story doesn't look like a lot of other people's because mine had a lot of support. Even though my mother is a pastor, like right now, she is a pastor. Mm. Um, she didn't ostracize me. Now, she didn't speak to me for three days because she had to get her mind wrapped around it. And not, mind you, I told her when I was 30 or mm. 31, I told my mother and she really did hit me with the, you know, this might be a phase. I said, yeah. mom, so I'm not 16, <laughs> I'm 30 with a child. So <laughs> phases, that doesn't work for me. I, I've been knowing this for a couple of years and you're just now knowing this. Hmm. So it took her some getting used to, but again, I was not ostracized and coming out to my friends looked like a very welcoming thing. Um, they didn't press a lot. But my son, it was very matter of fact, but that's my son. My son is a very analytical child, a very analytical being. So I'm driving from Oklahoma City to Dallas, Texas, because I had a speaking engagement and I decided to take him with me. So I'm saying, okay, Adonis, I have something to tell you. He said, okay. And so I said, do you remember me telling you one day what LGBTQ stood for? And so he said, I think so. So we go through that again. And then I said, and so you know B, right? He said, yes. I said, what does that mean? So he tells me, I said, your, that's what I am. Your, your daddy is that, your dad is a B. And he looked at me, he looked in the sky, he looked back at me <laughs> and back to the sky and then says, daddy, I said, yeah. He said, I'm straight. <laughs> I said, awesome, I'm so glad. I said, you don't have to be like me in that way to be valuable. I yeah. love you just the way you are. And please know this, you don't have to be anything other than you to be just as amazing in this moment. Yeah. So it was, after that, it was it. Like he, when I was in a relationship with a man, he wanted to know, um, who it was, he asked questions. I remember even going to a drive-through window and there was a very attractive person in the drive-through. And when we left, he said, so do you know him? I said, well, I, I knew of him. He said, is that your boyfriend? I said, no, why would you ask that? He said, he seems like your type. So, <laughs> wow. so, we, have, so we have that dynamic now. Um, and it's a really good one because I don't have to hide myself from him and he doesn't hide me from his friends. That's, uh, that must have been very liberating for you. That must have been, uh, you know, it's great that there's been a lot of support there and he took it well and he knows who he is. Um, that's fantastic. That's testament to how you, you brought him up. Um, you know, because a lot of people think, oh, they get brainwashed, you know, a certain way and so on, you know. Um, and that's what a lot of people assume. And, you know, the reality is that that's a testament to you. And the way you actually sort of like kind of explored of getting that out there was seemed sounded very, um, very mature and very sensible the way you, you actually you, you released that. Um, that 
must have been very liberating for you. And was that kind of like the point where you started finding yourself a bit further to kind of like launch your business or was your business already launched at that point? Is this, was there like an aha moment or such? So actually I had launched my business. I had launched my business years before mm-hmm. and there was a time when I was told by people in the industry to Asa, please don't say that on Facebook. Please don't post those things. That's your business. No one needs to know. And so at first I took it as sound business advice, Mm -hmm. but when you find out that there's something about you that's very real and something that's not going away. And then somebody tells you, you know, you shouldn't tell other people about that particular thing because everyone won't accept that. Mm -hmm. You start feeling as though, why am I such a secret? Why am I someone or something that doesn't deserve the light of day? Mm. And so I had to stop thinking that who I was was going to put a a, a blemish on the coaching industry. Mm. Because the thing about it, I didn't know any um, queer LGBTQ individuals in the coaching space at all at this time. I got into the coaching world in 2012. 2012, I came into it and I really didn't know. And especially if you're of African-American descent or just black and around the world, at that time, no one was offering that information up. Mm. You know, someone yeah. had to be found out for that to, uh, to come and then it was vehemently denied. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm, but I'm very glad that I did it. And my business actually excelled once I did. That's something I really believe in terms of, I do a lot of attraction marketing. Um, so my, my business, I, I invest in property, but I do um, a lot of marketing uh, and consult and I'm a consultant in marketing. And one thing I always say is people need to be true to themselves. And some people ask, what do you mean by that? And I say they need to be genuinely true to themselves and be who they are because then people will, the right people will be attracted to them and the ones that they don't need won't. Um, and there's definitely um, a lot of truth there where you start accepting and being true to yourself. You don't try and be someone else that you're not. That, you know, I think there's something magical that can happen and it can really increase business. I, I definitely feel that. Um, so I, I presume that once you found that moment and you really released yourself, you obviously you said your business went, uh, got busier and it started to excel. I mean, we've got, um, I've got some information here that you, you've been on the Wall Street Journal, you featured there, you've been on the Huffington Post a couple of times, the US News and World Report, which is amazing. You know, you've you got the Black Enterprise, um, Psychology Today, as I mentioned earlier, the Gailey, um, and also um, the Steve Harvey Show, which is pretty awesome. Um, so, I mean, yes, it's great that you've had this media um, uh, um, acknowledgement and so on, but what's really nice about it, it's all on different things. And you haven't focused on your the, the, the struggles of as, as such that you you are uh, you know someone that's bisexual, black, and um, someone that was a soldier. You're, you're actually you're actually answering the questions that uh, a professional would obviously answer without that making up your history. And it's very easy for someone like me um, to assume that you know your background 
becomes your story. And it is always all our stories, our background, but you're more than that. You've got a lot of knowledge and you've got a lot of experience and you obviously help people to get to 10,000 K a, a, a month. And that's uh, nice. Cause there is a lot of, I mean, we're talking about it with another friend. There's a lot of BS out there in the world, unfortunately. And you've probably seen it yourself, haven't you? <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's refreshing to see that and for someone to be, you know, at, at ease in their skin, you know? Um, so, you know, when Desi recommended you, um, you know, on my show, uh, I looked into you and I thought, yeah, he's perfect for the show because, you know, this is a lot to do with mindset and you've obviously got your mindset right, you know? So, I mean, you've got clients that range from T-Mobile, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and, you know, many others. And, and the point is, you know, you have not limited yourself to um, not achieving anything because of what society has said, you know, crawl under a rock as such. You know, like you said, your own, you know, area of where you lived, um, people just don't announce this sort of stuff, do they? Um, but you've not allowed that to hold you back, which is pretty awesome. Um, so what would you say was your superpower, Asa? <laughs> well, you must have a superpower. superpower. must be a one. <laughs> you've got some sort of you got some sort of magic gift there going on what is it what is it <laughs> okay my superpower for myself the one that the one that heals myself mm. would be forgiveness yeah. i have the ability i don't know how in the hell this happens but i have the ability to forgive people now let me be clear on what I mean by forgiveness, because some people were raised with the idea, once you forgive somebody, it's okay to bring it up. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to still make somebody pay for what they did. This is what I'm speaking of. I'm speaking about a definition that I heard Oprah Winfrey say, forgiving the person is being able to thank the individual for the experience. Wow, powerful actually. Very, very powerful. Um, we actually forgave my sons, the people that made my son disabled. He was born healthy and he left blind, deaf, with spastic cerebral palsy. And everyone's like, how the hell can you do that? But we couldn't. That move. Is, wow, that is a big thing. Yeah, we couldn't move forward without doing it. I don't think people did this on purpose. It was um, medical negligence. He was born healthy, came home healthy. And it was mistakes that they made that left him practically trapped in his own body still to this day. And it's hard. It's hard. But I know if we were holding on to any bitterness or, you know, or any kind of like anger, um, it would be killing us as well as my child. And we've got two other children, you know, so that wouldn't have been solving any situation. Or it wouldn't have helped anyone. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I can really, truly resonate with that. Um, it can really give you, that is a superpower. Forgiveness is a superpower. People don't understand it. People wonder how they can do that. Um, and it's strange that, you know, severe things and hardships can actually create something that I would never thought I, me personally could have had, had the ability to do that before, you know, like say before my son was made disabled, if someone said to me, someone would make your son disabled, you know, would you forgive him? I go, no bloody way, you know, before it. Right. But when, when you're in it, when you're in it, um, like what you experienced as well, like you said in the in the uh, in, in the army, um, and you said it was hard. 
then you 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 can you can forgive it now we're going through it but if someone said to you before this is how it's going to be it's going to be hard yeah you know your mind would say no no way you know they're going to do that to me no way they're going to ruin, they're going to ruin my son you know they're going to hurt my son and mm-hmm. and you're expected to forgive them no way i would never in a million years said i was going to forgive them ironically when you're in it and you're in the most depths of pain somehow you have to pull it out that extra superpower so i totally resonate with that and i full-on respect to you asa um thank you thank you so let's touch on the army years um obviously uh you know that was tricky did did you know then obviously was it did they know uh, that you 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 were, had different tendencies to to the majority in there or was there other people that you could have connected to and understood you in 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 that within that experience so for me uh, so 17 years of the army i was in the army when there was a policy called don't ask don't tell so under that policy, if no, no one could ask you, which was actually a good thing because mm. before that they could ask you, you'd have to deny or come forward and then they could then let you out. But under don't ask, don't tell, no one could ask you. So you felt a little bit protected. However, if it did come out, you could still be pushed out of the military. Right. I actually remember being in Afghanistan and a woman who I had befriended, uh, her unit found out that she was a lesbian. And yes, she called me to help her pack up her things so that she could be sent back to the United States because she was getting kicked out because she was a lesbian. This was in 2009. Wow. So, so no, no one knew before that. Um, so it wasn't that tricky because I just didn't let people in in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was definitely a wall that I had built up to other people. And then afterwards, I, I didn't keep it a secret. If someone asked, I, I, I definitely didn't deny myself, but I had been accustomed so long <clears throat> to keeping it a secret and not letting people know that it was for me a change and a shift that I yeah. really wasn't able to embrace wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. So that must have been um, confusing, not being able to embrace it wholeheartedly. Was it, was it, um, you're a very positive guy now. Uh, you, you've obviously, you know, it was struggle for you to fully embrace it, as you just said. Um, how did that feel? What was that, was that, was that frustrating? It was, you know, it really, once you become accustomed to a level of dishonesty, mm-hmm. it becomes your normal. It became mm. my new normal. Right. Makes sense. So, yeah. yeah, it just became what was. And so when it shifted into becoming more embracing, though I applauded it, I did not know how to live in it. Right. Makes sense. Definitely. Interesting. So, I mean, I would say that, uh, like for me, when my son was made disabled, um, I was in denial. It was, um, something I chose not to really fully accept. I was researching everything, trying to find everything out. Um, but 
uh, that made me very frustrated though because I was aware what was going on but I still felt frustrated by it as well um so I know they're very different things and entirely different things but I'm trying to trying to uh, understand it because you've got many different angles and I presume obviously they, these things came at different times in your life obviously um but there is the fact that you are in an army uh, you are have got different tendencies uh, that aren't necessarily you know agreed on in the army for you know you know obviously it's not fair to you guys but that's how it was and then you've got the fact that you're a black guy that you know unfortunately even to this day there's a lot of people saying it's still not equal you know um and it's sad to see the struggles that you know different colors different ethnicities have in this day and age and you've got that on top of the same struggles but in a different way with who you might love you know or who you might you know want want to have lust with or want to settle down with you know it it it's it's a sad world i understand it why people have these thoughts because i've been there i was never like anti you know anything but I never understood it. As I get older, mm -hmm. now I understand it better. As I get older, I understand it. I've met more people. I have friends and, uh, you know, you, these things become, you know, that they, 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 they are normal. When before, they weren't normal. So they've become the norm. But they've always, they were normal, but I never saw it that way because there was this wall of that's not normal. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, that's what's a shame about, society and yeah even doing this podcast now people will be listening and there'll be some people that will judge i know this i know this you know and in different ethnicities they judge them harsher you know sadly mm -hmm. that's kind of what happens um but i i am fully aware that in those ethnicities many are themselves going through their own struggles you know and it's just not talked about they just they haven't got the voice so seeing someone like you go through these different challenges, whether they were easy for you or not, must be massively inspiring to others um, that are watching you along your journey. Because you, like I said, you've had a lot, a lot to, to sort of like embrace. Um, and I call it embrace because I think it's quite enlightening. It's quite enlightening that you're, you, you, you do it with them. You sound like a very positive, you know, happy, kind of guy it's like the sort of person you'd want to be friends with you know um and that's great because like the last thing you want is someone miserable and depressive and all that kind of thing <laughs> you know? um, right. yeah, we, we all get there we all get there i was a bit like that today trust me so you know literally <laughs> everything went wrong today trust me but the the, the 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 reality is like um you've gone through a lot even though you know on some of the areas you've gone through it quite neatly and with less resistance as such, because there was a lot of acceptance around you. You worded things, so you created, you forged the, the path to make it easier. Your words that you use with your son were powerful words. The way you lined that up was powerful. That helped as well. So don't underestimate your doing here, you know, um, because maybe there's education in that, you know, maybe there's education to be taught um, with people that are going through this and, and how we can educate people on how to uh, express who they are 
and how to break it to certain loved ones and so on. Because you obviously did that quite cleverly and sounds like Thank you. the right Thank way. You. Yeah, and please know, and please know that it did not always. So though I may have wrapped it neatly in this conversation for yeah. the person that is listening, yeah. please understand that the wrapping was only for time's sake. So sure, I know I'm not able to go into all of the disparities, the feelings as though I was worthless, not being able to look into the mirror, the two different times I desired to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. I tasted and wanted nothing more than mm. to leave this earth yeah. as soon and as fast as I could. Um, and even from the, when I was a little kid, I mean, I've always been attacked for being different. So that was a part of the story. And that was another reason why I didn't come out because if they could, you know, do what they did to me as a little kid without saying I was out, what in the whole hell could they do to me now? Because as mm. a kid on a, on a school bus in the suburbs of Oklahoma City, they literally, the boys in the back of the bus literally took um, matchbooks and lit the, uh, the matches afire and threw them at me while wow. they were lit on the bus. Wow. So having, to gone, having gone through things like that, you, you just don't want to create a, you don't want to create any fuss over yourself, which mm. is why I do understand when I help an LGBTQ entrepreneur or a minority entrepreneur, because I understand how, you know, your life has been one of possible pain and possible struggle. And all you want to do is just, you know, get by without being looked at as different and having that different villainized. Like mm -hmm. I get that part. And so sometimes because you have this, this desire to not stand out so that people won't come for you negatively, it'll stop your business because you're not able to talk about what you have to offer, not able to put your brand in the spotlight. And so there is a, 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 a parallel with mm. those two mindsets if you're not careful. So I get that. Mm, that that's, that's very educational to, to our listeners and it certainly is to me because um, yeah, I can see the similes there and I can see why where you block something you're blocking other areas of your life without realizing it as well. Um, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Definitely. So with your brand, your brand's very vibrant. I've noticed it's very vibrant. It's very positive. You can tell that in your personality, in your voice. It's, um, you know, we, we greet you with a beautiful yellow brightness on, on since we go to your website, for instance, <laughs> it's, it's, it's great. I love it. I love it. And a slight hint of pink, which puts into your personality as well. It works well, works really well. Um, I, I like it a lot. And um, you've, you obviously see the power of brand. We're, to jump in back into business now, um, the power of brand and how that can help you, but not only you, the people that you coach, um, because you are obviously a professional speaker. And you've got two books. Is that right? Two best-selling books, I believe. Uh, two best-selling books, four total books. Yeah, four. Wow. I thought so. I knew about the two, but I didn't know about the four. 
Right. Okay. Wow. Could you explain um, a little bit about those books? Sure. So please know that while you're listening to this, I'm talking to the listener. So these books seem to be totally out of sync, but I will help sync them for you. You so sync them. <laughs> when, <laughs> yes. So when I first started out as an entrepreneur, I was 22 years old and I had three businesses all at once. I had a retail store in a shopping mall in Oklahoma City. I also had a daycare center that um, cared, we were licensed to care for over 100 children at that facility. And then I had a janitorial business that had a contract with a fitness um, franchise in the city. So all of those things while I'm 22. That's, that's, insane. that's truly entrepreneurial. <laughs> yes, <laughs> entrepreneurial. So at this time, I wasn't able to hire as many people who looked like me. So I wasn't able to hire a lot of Black Americans the way I, did, I wanted to. And so I would bring that up with other Black entrepreneurs. And I would say, you know, you don't want to be, um, you don't want to be prejudiced in your hiring. You don't want to do any of that, but you definitely want to make sure that you have a helping hand to people who look like you. You don't want to forget where you came from and all of that. And so they said, no, we're having the same issue. And so I started to write that down. And then the results of me writing in my thoughts in that moment came to be a book called Why I Won't Hire Black People. Right. Wow. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Now, very controversial title. Very <laughs> controversial. Because I'm not saying why I can't. I said why I won't. But I right. did that because I understood that my my point of this, number one, was to get it into the hands of people who needed it. And I know that controversy sells. Yes. And so based on that book, I was able to get on podcasts like this one, radio shows. Um, and that's how I started my speaking career um, in different colleges speaking to black students. And these were at standing room only events on college campuses around the country. So that I was like, wow, this is something. I didn't even know about coaching yet. I had no idea about coaching. I wrote a book because I thought I could without a coach. And I just did it. Did a lot of mistakes, but I did it. And then I started speaking. I'm like, well, this is fun. <laughs> I like this. And then I would sell out of my book after my talk. I was like, well, this is awesome. I didn't know that I was doing the thing that people pay thousands of money to learn. I had no idea. So after I wrote that book, I was like, okay, what in the world am I going to talk about now? Well, um, I was in a relationship with a woman at the time who I actually thought was going to be my next wife. And I was in a deployment to Afghanistan, one of many, and I was missing her. I was missing her bad. Like I was missing her like I mean a year without the person that you've been with that's a long time and mm. I was faithful by but yeah I was faithful the whole deployment so of course things come up so I wrote a book to her um in an effort to I was writing so I was literally in my office um during Afghanistan and this is while I'm already working on why I won't hire black people I'm doing the finishing touches on that and so I'm in my office and I have pieces of paper all over my desk. And somebody passed by the door and said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm writing 365 reasons why I love her. And I'm going to 
tear <laughs> up these pieces of paper on yellow pieces of paper and put them in a wooden chest. So when she opens the chest, the yellow paper is like gold. So <laughs> every day she can pick out another reason and be reminded why I love her. And the woman that I told that to, she's like, now that's a book I would read. I said, why would you want to read about me loving another person? She was like, I would just love that. I was like, okay. <laughs> so some other women there, some other women there found out about it and was like, yeah, I would read that. <laughs> so I, I, okay, I was like, so, okay, let's do it. So I transcribed everything that I had written on paper. I put it on a, just a sheets of a PDF. And I gave about three copies and I let people read. And they're like, oh my God, I love this. I'm like, okay. So I actually, uh, within the same year, I published Why I Won't Hire Black People and 365 Erotic Reasons Why I Love <laughs> That's like 50, so, shade, 50 both, Shades of Yellow, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. So I did both of those books. And so I cheat those. Uh, I treated that one like a workbook for couples. And so the next two books, um, so I had th thought about, you know, a lot of things in entrepreneurship and, and about my son. And so I started, I, I, I am an affirmational person. Like I use affirmations in my life and in the mm -hmm. business. And I was like, you know what, men, men have a lot of stuff that we don't even talk about. There's this silent frustration that a lot of men um, take on. And True. I think that's why we sometimes get strokes and heart attacks because we hold so much in. We mm -hmm. don't let a lot of things out. And I was like, what if I looked at every single man that I've ever met as though they were seven and spoke into their lives and let them know something before they became adults? And so that desire turned into um, I am man enough. 365 affirmations for men. So I took the 365 approach from the erotic book and put that into this I Am Man Enough book. And I asked about seven different men that I had known if they would write a chapter with me. And they did. And I was like, well, this is awesome. And so that book came out. I was like, yes, I'm out. That's the last book I'll have to do. I'm not writing another book. Like I was done. Mm -hmm. I, was, I, I had proven myself. I wrote three. <laughs> but what happened was women started coming to me and started saying, well, where's our book? I'm like, y'all need to write that. That's not for me. I don't have any ovaries, so that's not my mission. And so they were like, no, you have to write. I was like, no, I'm not. So I was like, cause Steve Harvey had written a book called Act Like a, Think Like a Lady, Act Like a Man or something to that effect. That's the one, yeah. And women around, yeah, women around the world beat him up for that. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to have you guys do to me what you did to him. <laughs> so, so like, find a woman. So finally, finally, a lady in Texas, she came up to me and asked me the same question. I said, no, I'm not writing it. She, then she said something that I could not respond to. She said, if you don't write it, who will? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> it's your duty. So, yeah. <laughs> so I found... 21 women, 21 women to write the chapters. Because what I did not desire to do, I did not desire to be a man that did or tried to tell women how to be women. I don't think that's fair. I, I really don't. Yeah. Um, I don't care how queer I am. I'm not a woman. I don't <laughs> desire to be. Yeah. So yeah. 
yeah, so the, thankfully those women did that and we came together. I wrote all the affirmations, they wrote the chapters. It was a great collaboration, I'm very happy for it. So yeah, and now brilliant. I have two more books that I'm working on um, and they will come out in the next two years. I'm giving myself some time so I can focus on one thing uh, to grow the business and then I will publish those next two. That is an awesome, awesome, awesome story. That is brilliant. I love it. I, lo I mean, you are romantic. My God, I can imagine the women going, oh my God, you know, <laughs> that's so beautiful. I can so imagine that. Oh my God. And if I, when I tell this to my wife, I know she's going to be that way as well. Definitely. Um, <laughs> mate, it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. I mean, before we go, because um, I have to wrap this up, um, is what is your favorite book? Obviously, you've written some amazing books other than your own. What one book would you go to and, and would you recommend to people? Apart from my own book. So, <laughs> of course, apart from yours, of course. <laughs> so the one book that I keep to me, like I travel with this book, is really, really ratty and it's torn and it looks abused <laughs> at this point. Um, but the book is called The Law and the Promise by a man by the name of Neville Goddard. And right. I love this human. Right. I wish he was still alive so I could meet him, but he's not. He ascended some time ago, but I love this, his idea that I am the God consciousness um, that I've been searching for in religions and practices and ancient wisdoms of old. Like I am the thing. And the reason why I can be the God consciousness and this God being is because I am creating the life I desire to live. I love and it. that whole, you know, in the beginning, God created, like yeah. that's us every single day. So yeah, yeah I love that book. I'm definitely going to uh, search that one out because that's one book I've not actually, um, I've not actually heard of before. So thank you for that. Asa, it's... It's been an absolute pleasure for, you know, having you on my mic drop show and you certainly threw in a few mic drops there. And I'll tell you now, I, I know the listeners will love listening to you. You are an inspirational guy. You're very, 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 very strong, even, you know, whether you realize it or not, you know, um, absolutely amazing. I love this. This is a great episode. Really appreciate you coming on, spending your time and sharing your history and your life and, all your achievements and thank you i mean one last thing before i go how can people connect with you if they want to connect with you is it through your website yes yes and so i would also like to say thank you for bringing me on i do not take any time somebody desires to talk to me for granted thank you so much and yes if you would like to contact me on any social media i am asa lavoe and that's spelled a-s-a-l-e-v-e-a-u-x or you can go to my website if you're looking to, you know, create your first $10,000, go to www.myfirst10k.co. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you again. Really appreciate it. All the best. Bye-bye from Mike Drops. Bye-bye from me. Take care. Bye-bye. Loved it, mate. Loved it. Thank you. Ever if you enjoyed listening, then please subscribe to the Mike Drop Show and connect with Michael on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram.